Rethinking Hiring in a Gig Economy. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Josh Swain, Chief Marketing Officer at Paradox. Welcome, Josh. Hey, Tanya. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for, for, for joining us. Tell our audience, what does Paradox do? Yeah, so Paradox, in, in the simplest way possible, uh, as a marketing guy, should be able to give you the elevator pitch here, but um, we are what we call a conversational AI solution for recruiting teams globally. So we work with companies like Unilever, McDonald's, CBS Health, Aramark, to try and streamline the hiring process through conversational AI or, or chat technology. Um, essentially screening resumes for uh, companies trying to screen out people who are very obviously not qualified for a job, um, schedule interviews, answer questions for candidates. The whole idea is make a better experience for candidates, but also save these recruiting teams an enormous amount of time on administrative tasks. How has the pandemic disrupted the gig economy and, and what's the best way for freelancers to, to land jobs today? Yeah, it's weird. Like I think, I think like a lot of industries, um, COVID and the pandemic has been really good for some and not so good for others. Um, you know, I, I was a former freelance writer, uh, journalist, and you know, I think for some of those folks, um, it's probably been good because unfortunately, companies have laid off full-time uh, workers or full-time employees, and so they're looking to contractors to help fill a void that um, that has been left behind by those folks. Um, then you look at maybe videographers and photographers, um, and you know I think that's it's been a little bit tougher for them. Um, I, as a marketer, I, I've worked with uh, video contractors and video freelancers, and I, I'm still trying to figure out how to make that work. Um, you know, we we used to do a lot of video work, and now it's it's you know a little bit harder to pull off when you can't get somebody to a site. Um, you know, I think of wedding photographers too. Like it's it's just made things more complicated. There's less events and less work to go around. Uh, for folks like that. But I think it's, you know, it's, it, like I said, I think it's created opportunity for some and, and really, um, you know, probably hurt some others. But it'll be interesting to see how it kind of transitions. I'm sure a lot of people are recreating their business and recreating the services they offer. So then how should organizations shift their hiring processes to better source freelance talent? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I started, uh, you know, 11 years ago as a freelancer. Back then there were no, you know, Fiverr wasn't a thing and Upwork wasn't a thing. So there was no way to, there were no platforms to go and find work. A lot of times it was done through referrals or just through general grit and networking. So I think in some ways like it's, um, you know, freelancers and gig workers now have those tools to go and find work. It's a little bit simpler that way. Um, what hasn't really gotten simpler is, you know, if you're a PwC and you, you hire accountants seasonally um, or you're, um, another company that might hire, um, you know, gig workers for a project, the career site, the company career site is still just a really rough portal. That's a, that's a bad experience because it's not designed for gig workers or contractors or freelancers. It's, it's designed for full-time employment typically. So um, for somebody like, you know, me 10 years ago, who is, you know, providing services, uh, content creation services, copywriting services, um, you know, it's hard to go to a career site and search for jobs because a lot of times you're just getting results back that are full-time employment. And that's not necessarily what I was looking for. Um, so I think a lot of, for, for companies, especially that are trying to hire these types of workers or have this type of work available, it's making sure that the site, the career site itself has those jobs listed or at least has a landing page built where people can find um, those opportunities. And then it's just making it super simple for somebody to raise their hand, which I think is, is still the big gap. And, you know, obviously, 
um, selfishly is the one that we're trying to fill at Paradox. Um, you know, I think there's a way to simplify it to where you can say, you know, my name's Josh and I'm a writer and I'm interested in this type of work and here are the skills I have and then do some matchmaking on the back end to say like, okay, well, we have this project over here and we have this freelancer. Let's, let's make a match here and, and um, get the work done. So, you know, there's just a lot of friction and, and a lot of um, barriers set up that, that prevent that, that matchmaking from happening, I think. Getting feedback from the hiring authorities has always been an issue for applicants. How do we address this? Yeah, so I think the biggest issue with that is um, if you think about the way that recruiters and recruiting teams spend their time or even hiring managers spend their time, um, it's managing process and sometimes managing software. Um, recruiting teams are notoriously understaffed and you have very few people managing a whole lot of applicants. Um, so, you know, where they should be spending their time face to face with with people either in interviews or feedback sessions or, or um, you know, any other means of giving giving that kind of communication. What they end up doing instead is they're they're screening resumes and they're trying to schedule interviews. And once they do all that, they have to move a candidate from one status to another and they're living in these applicant tracking systems or um, kind of archaic uh, software systems. And they're, so they're managing that software, managing the process instead of managing the person. Um, and so I think what happens is, or what's, what's really created this environment is you don't have, recruiters don't have a lot of time left in the day to go sit down with a hiring manager and say, okay, Susan was a great fit, um, Jake wasn't, you know, tell me why. Like what, what was it about those two people that um, either stood out to you or didn't? And then taking that feedback and, and finding a way to funnel it back to the, to the candidate. Um, so, you know, again, it comes back to like, how do we create time for that? How do you free the recruiters up so they can collect that feedback and then find a way to pass it on um, to the candidate? And, and I think it ideally do it in a way that's more elegant than some automated um, email that goes out. Yeah, I think that's where everybody falls in love with automation, but sometimes automation um, fits, fits a role or takes a place where it shouldn't. Um, and in that case, like if I'm going to get rejected for a job, that's fine, but I'd like somebody to tell me face to face or you know, even on a phone call why that was the case, um, as opposed to just getting some, you know, automatically triggered email response saying, you know, they're not moving forward. So it's I think it has to, you have to bring some humanity back into it. So what role then can conversational AI play in addressing these issues? Yeah, so I think it's it's all about, you know, the one thing we all have in our pockets is our phone. Um, and I don't know about you, but personally, I, I like, I just don't respond to email as much anymore. When I do, I go in there and just bulk delete um, anything that I don't recognize. So um, whereas a text message or a conversation, um, as soon as I see that notification, um, it's like I'm programmed to respond to it. So um, I think just shifting the, the, the means by which we have conversations with candidates or people interested in working for us is, is one way that you have to shift that paradigm and how you think about it. Um, the real role in conversational AI is um, you're, you're able to streamline the process by only asking the questions um, that you need for that step in the process. Um, when someone's interested in working for you and raising their hand, you don't need to ask 70 questions. You can ask 10, gather you know, the pieces of information that you need to move forward and do it in a way that feels conversational as opposed to me going and filling out a form, um, which nobody really likes to do. So it's really just all about uh, simplifying and streamlining the process and creating an experience that you know, frankly, people are more prone to participate in um, than if you present, you know, what is a clunky application to them. 
All right, Josh, what final recommendations can you make to organizations to reduce frictions and improve the process for freelance talent? Yeah, so I think it's uh, step one is understand freelance talent. Um, I know you're a former marketer. Um, I'm a marketer. The thing I always think about the most is um, I have to understand the audience that I'm marketing to in order to do it effectively. Um, I think about recruiting the same way. Um, unless you really understand what motivates uh, freelance talent, um, what drives them, what they're looking for, what sort of boxes they need to check um, in order to, to be motivated to work for your company, then you're never going to you're never going to appeal to them. So it's, it's really take the time to understand what freelancers are driven by, why they got into that work. Um, and then it's remove barriers that, that don't need to exist. Um, if you really look at your hiring process, I guarantee you there are three to four steps that could be shortened or removed um, just so you can get more people to raise their hand and tell you what they're good at. Um, if you do that, then you're going to have this, this kind of pipeline and this funnel of, of talent that is available to you that you can tap into when you have projects open and you have work that needs to get done. So it's, you know, again, just, just really look at your process, think critically about it and, and um, you know, make a decision about whether or not the, the, the means by which you're recruiting people are the right ones. And if the, the kind of steps you have in place uh, make a lot of sense. Josh Swain, Chief Marketing Officer at Paradox. If somebody wants to connect with you, Josh, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah, our website is, is obviously a great uh, first stop. So it's paradox.ai. Um, I'm usually most active on LinkedIn as well. So um, look me up there. Sounds good. Thanks for joining us. And find more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.